coming up. It is a case of calculated deception, uh, driven, I think, by her narcissistic behavior. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. And I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. The Denver Police Department is asking for the public's help finding whoever's responsible for the theft of a box of human heads. Well, this certainly isn't the kind of thing you'd think someone would want to steal, but it's happened and it's making headlines. Someone stole a box containing human heads. And in California, a 39-year-old mother and wife from Redding, California, has been released from jail after posting bail, five days after she was arrested on charges related to faking her own kidnapping back in 2016. We'll have the latest updates on the Sherry Papini case. Sherry Papini released in just the last hour, and you can see her running to a waiting car. The mother and wife is accused of faking her own kidnapping. She was ordered to be released on a $120,000 bond. Read the headline of this first story from KUSA, our partner station in Denver, is... Box of human heads stolen from Denver truck. I mean, what on earth happened? Well, you you kind of said it. A box containing human heads was stolen from a truck. The important context here is that the truck was taking the box to a company called Science Care, which, according to KUSA, is a company that facilitates tissue donations to medical researchers and educators. So these body parts had been donated to science. Yeah, exactly. The the CEO of the company Science Care confirmed to Nine News that the box did belong to them. According to their website, they're a, quote, body donation to science program. So essentially, they have a website where anyone can register to say, hey, this is my wish that when I die, my body should be donated to this company. And then when that happens, the company Science Care says 96% of accepted donations are used to somehow advance medical research through things like medical education and research initiatives. Which explains why there was a box of human heads on a truck in the middle of Denver. Right. And the CEO of Science Care, Tricia Hammett, said in a written statement that the truck itself was actually not there. She described it as a, quote, secured truck operated by a third party specializing in the logistics of donated tissues, end quote. And she also said the reason they were transporting the tissues was that they'd been used that day at a medical training event and were being taken back to the company. And so that's when somebody stole the box. Yeah, and we don't know all of the details there, but police said they received a report of this box as well as a dolly being stolen from the truck. And they said the theft occurred while the truck was parked. The Science Care CEO said that the truck was actually broken into and that the company was notified pretty quickly right after. Reed, do we know if the thieves knew what they were taking? Was the box marked? Well, that was... Of course, one of my first questions, I guess, after after I learned why there was a box of human body parts being driven around Denver in the first place, and the answer is no, we don't know for sure yet. Maybe the thief or thieves saw the secured truck parked and thought, hey, there, there must be something valuable in there. Let's just grab whatever it is and bolt. The company says the box is about 20 inches by 15 inches by 18 inches. So, you know, that's that's not huge. Maybe something someone could grab and take off with before noticing what it was. The piece of this that is kind of going under the radar that I found interesting is that the thieves took the box and a dolly out of the truck. Well, whoever took the heads also stole a dolly. You can get in real trouble for stealing a dolly these days. And the the box is small enough to carry. It's, again, 20 by 15 by 18. So my question is, why take the dolly? Uh, unless you have you know no idea what you're stealing, you're just grabbing stuff and hoping to make a quick buck. 
But to answer your second question, the box was marked pretty clearly by the sound of it. Police said it was a blue and white box and had a label that read exempt human specimen. The company also says that their logo was right there on the box. So should have been pretty clear what was in there. And we've covered stories about body brokers on this podcast in the past. And as, as you know, it's a surprisingly lucrative industry, if we can call it that. So maybe whoever did this knew exactly what they were taking and has some knowledge of how they could cash in on selling body parts. I, I, I don't know. And have Denver police had any luck trying to track down the person or people responsible or for that matter, the box itself? So far, it doesn't sound like it. The latest from KUSA is that police are asking for the public's help. They say this happened between 2.30 p.m. on Wednesday, March 2nd and 9.30 a.m. on Thursday, March 3rd, that it was on the 7700 block of East 23rd Avenue in the Central Park neighborhood of Denver. So maybe somebody in the area saw something that'll lead investigators to the perpetrator. Or if the thief or thieves didn't realize what was in the box when they were taking it, you have to imagine they would be pretty surprised when they opened it up and maybe want to get rid of it as soon as possible. So maybe just the box will turn up. The Science Care CEO for now called this an extremely rare situation and said the company appreciates help from the media and from the community in trying to track the box back down. And if whoever did this does end up being caught, what kind of charges might they end up facing? Yeah, that's a piece of this that would be kind of interesting to find out. Of course, there's the theft itself. The theft of human heads in a box could be anywhere from a petty offense to a felony if the value of the heads in total is above $2,000. And KUSA's legal analyst, Scott Robinson, said that he thinks there could be additional charges on top of that. There's an argument that could be made that if these heads are simply disposed of, thrown in the trash, that's abuse of a corpse. And that's a felony in Colorado. And in theory, an individual could get up to three years for such a crime. Sherry Papini was arrested last week in Northern California. Investigators believe she lied about her own kidnapping back in 2016. And the latest is that after a court hearing earlier this week, Papini was released on bond. Will, you spoke to Madison Wade at ABC 10 earlier this week about the case and about the charges. First, remind us what happened back in November of 2016. Sherry Papini, who is now 39 years old, disappeared on Thanksgiving Day of 2016. Her husband, in fact, called 911 and reported her missing. She reappeared just three weeks later, the side of a road not far from Redding, California. She had bindings on her body, injuries, her hair had been cut short, and she really looked like she had been through a horrific ordeal. At the time, Papini told police she'd been held at gunpoint by two Hispanic women, and eventually sketches were released of her captors, of those women. Just last week, federal investigators moved in and arrested her. So this has been five years or so. And we've heard new details this week about her arrest. In fact, when an FBI agent lured her out of a piano lesson for one of her children, she screamed no and started to run before she was taken into custody. Charges she's facing are lying to federal agents about being kidnapped and defrauding the state's victim compensation board of $30,000. Police say that she was actually staying with a former boyfriend nearly 600 miles away from her home in Orange County in Southern California. And then she hurt herself in various ways to back up her false statements. But again, before I get to the latest developments, when you look back at all the time and effort involved by investigators, it's been just a, you know a massive amount of, of money and people who have been involved in this case trying to figure out 
what happened. And there was a lot of fear in the community at the time because people were concerned that somebody was out there kidnapping women. Again, you covered this on Tuesday's episode of The Daily Crime. Tell us about the latest developments in the bond hearing earlier this week. So during a virtual court hearing, prosecutors argued that Sherry Papini could be a flight risk and shouldn't be released. Here's ABC 10's Van Tu with more on that. Now, in a contentious moment in court today, prosecutors argued that Papini had gone to extremes, such as branding and starving herself, and proving that she could very well disappear for weeks, evading law enforcement. Prosecutors also said that Papini's fabricated stories stoked fear and cost taxpayers upwards of $150,000 and countless hours of manpower. But the judge in the case said Sherry Papini could be released on bond if she adheres to a number of restrictions. Now, the conditions of her release include surrendering her passport and any firearms, restricting travel to the Eastern District of California, abstaining from alcohol and substances, and no contact with any witnesses with the exception of family members in the presence of her attorney. And finally, Papini is ordered into a psychiatric program. Sherry Papini's attorney argued against a GPS ankle bracelet in the process, saying it would exacerbate her complex PTSD diagnosis. He also noted the notoriety of her case would prevent her from being a risk to others or a flight risk. So in the end, she was released from jail. Will, this case has gotten a ton of attention in California and nationally. In fact, there was a crowd of reporters waiting outside the jail when she was released. Tell us about that scene. It was a dramatic scene as she rushed into the arms of her family members with a hoodie over her head. The moment she stepped out of those jail doors wearing a gray hoodie and a blue surgical mask, she immediately ran into the arms of her sister, multiple family members waiting for her and shielding her with a jacket as they ran away from media, attempting to ask her questions. It was a wild scene, media from all over the world waiting to uh, get comment from her. Now, Papini nor family members made any comment as they ushered her into a white SUV with tinted windows waiting for her a block away from the jail. And just one final note here, Reed. Cherry Papini is the only person facing charges at this time. However, investigators believe she didn't pull off this alleged hoax alone. She did not enter a plea at the hearing, but if found guilty of the charges, Cherry Papini could face 25 years in prison. All right. Thank you, Will. And thanks as well to our partner stations, ABC 10 in Sacramento and KUSA in Denver. And of course, thanks to you for listening to this episode of The Daily Crime. We're right here with a new one every day of the week, Monday through Friday. So make sure you're subscribed to or following the podcast wherever it is you're listening right now. If you're looking for more podcasts, you can head over to vaultstudios.com for a full list of our shows, including our newest podcast, Killer Cases. That'll do it for this one. For Vault Studios, along with Will Johnson, I'm Reed Redmond. 